皆さんこんにちは KYL レディオへようこそ DJ と音楽ライターレーブルプロデュースをしています大塚ひろ子です Greetings and welcome to KOL Radio. We're an online channel based here in Tokyo, Japan. My name is James Catchpole, Mr. OK Jazz, here today with my KOL co programmer. It's DJ, music writer, producer, and big Billy Harper fan, Hiroko Otsuka. Hiroko san, ohayo gozaimasu. Ohayo, James. It's good to talk to you again. And we have a special program today for everyone. Our first interview show here on KOL. That's right, first of hopefully many interview programs to come. Now, of course, we're still kind of stuck at home during the worldwide COVID 19 pandemic.、Um, very few music events going on that we can get involved in.、Uh, but just like we did last time on the first volume of the KOL Digest, today we're going to try something a little bit new. And we're very happy to present an interview that I did last week with Nick Luscom.、Uh, Nick is a DJ, compiler, and producer, an all around music maverick, originally from the UK. He was also a longtime presenter on the great BBC radio program Late Junction. But now he's based here in Japan for the last year and he's working on a variety of very interesting projects. So, this is the first interview program that I've d o 世界の音楽シーンで活躍する人にフォーカスして、えー、紹介していきますが、えー、と今回登場してくれるのはイギリスのラジオ DJ のニック・ラスコムさんです、えー、ニックは DBBC のプロデューサーで、えー、約1年前から日本に来てさまざまなプ,プロジェクトを進行させています今回のインタビューでは彼の生い立ちからキャリアのスタート、えー、彼の人気番組のレートジャンクションのことそして昨年、えー、日本支社を設立した UK のレーベルギアボックスでの A&R のことなど、えー、彼が見ている日本のことについてもお話ししてくれました、えー、あと最近のお気に入りの楽曲3曲も、えー、紹介してくれています今回は、えー、ジェームスとニックの英語でのインタビューの会話になりますが日本語での解説も簡単にしていきますのでぜひ新しい音楽との出会いにつなげてもらえたら嬉しいです That's right So、um, the interview is going to be in English but、uh, Hiroko you're very kindly going to provide some Japanese commentary about what we discussed、uh, for our listeners here in Japan So let's get right into it Here's the interview that I did with Nick Luscom here on KOL Radio Nick, great to chat with you. Welcome to KOL Radio. Thanks very much, James. So, how have you been? I know that you've been、uh, here in Tokyo for a while.、Um, when is it that you actually made the move from、uh, the UK to, to live here permanently?、Um, I guess it was about a year ago, actually.、Um, yeah, like really good timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to、so, be.、Yeah. But you've been,、yeah. um, well, let's go back a little bit first to your background. You're, of course, you're from, from England, I believe, from Devon. Is that right? That's right, yeah, from the southwest of England. Yeah,、um, beautiful part of the world, actually.、Um, but yeah, I'm originally from there. Then I moved to London in the late 80s、um, for music, you know, because I was just, there, was, there, were, there weren't very many opportunities to see a lot of great bands in Plymouth.、Um, and so I kind of moved to London because I was in the band as well. And we wanted to play kind of gigs and things like that. And how did you so, first get started in radio?、Um, I, I was thinking about this because as a kid, I used to have this little cassette recorder that my, well, my grandparents had one. And I used to put these kind of cassette tapes in this front loading block kind of、uh, cassette player. And me and my sister and my cousin used to make little radio shows、um, inspired by Radio One at the time. 
and, and just kind of just talking nonsense reading i found a tape the other day actually of us actually doing this so that was my first um, <laughs> first foray into radio when i was about eight years old that's fantastic now that would have been uh i think you were born in the in the night in the mid 1960s that's right yeah 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 that's right okay. just after the mid late 60s uh, oh wow so you because <laughs> back then you didn't have a lot of choices in the uk in terms of radio right no, I mean when I was when I was a kid, there was just AM radio, and there was, I mean definitely there was Radio One. I mean the BBC had a few channels, but the ones that I listened to, you know, was really Radio One and Radio Two. Mm. Um, and it was yeah, a lot of pop channels, and but then there were kind of, I guess I mean I didn't listen to them very much, but there was Radio Luxembourg, which I can remember picking up on my little radio sometimes as well, which is like a pirate radio station. Um, but yeah, not a huge amount of choice, but but when you don't know about that when you know there's one station as a kid that's that's your world isn't it so you just kind of you get into that yeah it's funny isn't it because you know when you grow up with um i mean i'm I'm a couple years younger than you but when i was growing up in in new york city i remember um i had a little transistor radio that that my father gave me that i used to listen to you know to the baseball uh games on at night before going to bed but i would also listen to to music all the time and and djs used to have such a big presence back then you know yeah um they really set the trends and and they became celebrities in the city and and so much of my my great musical memories come from from those nights listening to the radio and it was something that i'd always really wanted to do so you so you moved to london you're there in the late 80s so you were playing in a band um Mm. but you stopped uh, you didn't want to become a professional musician we um it, well we were all really into it i mean it was it, it something that i did for a good 10 years um but we kind of yeah we struggled to kind of i think we were just big music fans I and mean, we were just always buying records and you know one day we go to rehearsal with you know enthusing about aretha franklin and then the week after we'd be enthusing about you know psych uh, psychedelic music or you know or primal scream or whatever you know so we kind of kept changing and what we wanted to do and we we didn't really settle into one distinct style which you kind of needed to do i think in many ways um and then i also realized that djing was was kind of a lot easier and there were just just me you know that i could just turn up with records and, and play them and kind of communicate what i wanted to do through sharing music that way so i kind of i sort of made a decision in a way to kind of focus more on selecting and, and finding records and playing records and sharing music that way rather than being in a band. It's also a nice bit of power, isn't it? You get to dictate what people <laughs> listen to. So you're going to listen to yeah. this whether you like it or not. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> now, in those days, though, in London, I mean, you know, you had the rise of the great, you know, all the pirate radio type stations and whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. you started working um, for the BBC at, at, at what point? Because that's where I first heard you. I heard you on, of course, Late Junction, which we'll get into in a few minutes, but uh, which is a very famous program for, for our listeners who don't know. Um, that's been on, on BBC for more than 20 years, I believe now. Yeah, 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 that's right. But what were you doing before then, before you, you hooked up with the BBC? Um, well, I was, I was always working for the BBC. When I moved to London, I, I joined up as a sound engineer. Mm. So I was kind of running, you know, the, the technical stuff, the, the board, if you like. And then um, produ- production, so I was producing music shows for the BBC as well. But then presenting, I used to DJ for a station called XFM, which was a... A sort of early indie station so it was i think it was founded in part by uh, robert smith from the cure mm. i think he was involved in the kind of setting up of the station and believe it or not back then you know there was in the late 90s even though there's a huge kind of brit pop kind of music movement there was no right radio station that really represented that music 
So it kind of, um, yeah, it took off, did pretty well. And then I kind of got myself a show on Sunday nights playing, well, I guess, obscure electronic music, um, you know, experimental stuff and kind of ambient down tempo tracks, that kind of thing. Um, so that's when I started really was, was in, uh, 1999 for XFM. Um, and then I was moonlighting for a station called six music at the time as well, doing, um, the kind of DJ type show called the six mix where I'd interview people like, um, Andy Weatherall, um, kid koala, people like that. And, mm-hmm. and sort of play music on that show. I think Carl Craig was one of my guests at some point as well. Um, yeah, so I was doing that. And then I joined Late Junction in um, 2010. That's when I started at Radio 3. Okay, well, we'll get into that uh, in a minute. I definitely have a few questions about that that legendary program. <laughs> um, but you you very kindly have uh, brought some music to us today as well, which is, uh, which is the first track you'd like to introduce. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, well, thanks for asking me to kind of select some music. That's always a it's always a joy, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah, you got to so, uh, you got to throw that bone to the DJs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, uh, the first first thing I'd like to play you is um some, uh, someone I know you're familiar with, but this uh, Tiago Nassif uh, album uh, which came out last year. Um, it's actually on a label that I'm I'm doing some work with um, here in Japan, but I've been a, a fan of the label since it's been going, which has been about ten years now. Um, called Gearbox Records. And Tiago is an artist I've been aware of for a few years um, through his album uh, Trays that came out on a label called Foom Records a few years ago. Um, he's an incredible Brazilian musician. Really, he's got a real good sort of sense of pop, but also kind of avant-garde uh, experimentalism as well. And he works with people like Arto Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and this new album is just a, a step beyond, really. I think it's it was one of my top five albums of last year and um yeah it still just sounds really good to me great okay let's have a listen it's tiago nasif from brazil Dedo. 
い立ちを聞いてみましたニックはイギリスのイングランド南西部デボンで生まれてすでに8歳でラジオ番組を作っていたようですおじいちゃんおばあちゃんの持っていたカセットプレーヤーを使ってお姉さんといとこと一緒に作ったっていうその古いテープが最近見つかったと言って盛り上がっていましたね1980年代後半にニックはロンドンに引っ越して10年近くバンドを組んでいたんですがバンドの方向性が全然決まらなくてみんなレコードをいろいろ買ってたんですがある週にはアレサ・フランクリン次の週にはサイケとかプライマルスクリームとかという具合に1つのスタイルに落ち着くことができなかったのでそのうちニックはバンドよりも DJ やセレクターとして音楽を紹介する方がいいんじゃないかなと考えるようになったということです。その方が自分の音楽のテイストを共有できるからだと言っていましたそしてイギリスの放送局 BBC に入るのですが最初は BBC でサウンドエンジニアやプロダクションの方を担当していてプレゼンターとしては XFM というインディーラジオチャンネルで日曜の夜アンビエントや実験音楽の番組をスタートしていますこの XFM は90年代の後半に始まったインディーラジオの走りでロックバンドのザ・キュアのロバート・スミスが立ち上げた番組だったみたいですその後彼の代名詞と言われるレイト・ジャンクソンの番組の話になるのですがその前にまずは最初の一曲を紹介してくれましたブラジルはリオの新,新世代の記載と言われるチアゴ・ナシーフの2020年の新作メンテというアルバムからプラスティコというナンバーですアートリンゼプロデュースのオルタナポップで彼が今日本で A&R を担当しているレーベルギアボックスからのリリースです。Oh, that's fantastic. Plastico from Tiago Nassif. You know, I didn't get to this album、um, in 2020, so I'm going to have to retrograde it into my best of list <laughs> as I go through. It's just too many, too many albums.、Um, so let's go back again. So you,、uh, you started presenting on the amazing、uh, Link Junction. Program in 2009,、um, which is a show that I think many of our listeners probably at KOL have heard of before.、Um, how would you describe that show?、Um, it's, it's a show for、um, exploratory music. I think that's, you know, we, we were basically tasked at, at some point a few years ago trying to describe Late Junction to people for this advertising campaign they were planning. And we each had to come up with、uh, ways of describing it. But、um, I mean, literally, it can be the shows can be anything from、uh, Detroit techno to the sound of a stream、uh, running through some mountain in Iceland.、Um, it's pretty eclectic and it's usually quite experimental, but there are kind of stopping off points along the way、mm. so it doesn't go too far out there. So it's,、um, it's definitely home to a lot of innovative music being made around the world, and, but from you know, any era and from any kind of any place, really. Yeah, I remember、um, when I was,、uh, I, I spent two years in the UK、uh, in the、yeah. early mid 2000s. And I guess at that time it was、uh, Fiona Talkington who was still presenting.、Yeah. And, and I think、That's、Very、right. Sharp was maybe already presenting、yep. that as well. And I remember discovering the show and just thinking, like, whoa, what's going on here? Because probably my first exposure to it was one of those tracks, like you mentioned, like this was recorded live at a stream in Iceland.、And、I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is on the BBC. Okay.、Yeah. And, um, and I kind of was like, okay, I've got to remember to get back to this program because they, they're playing such, kind,、uh, such a variety of music that you just can't hear on other, other、yeah. shows, you know? Yeah,、um, for sure. 
So on Late Junction, you often introduced a lot of music from Japan. Um, how did you how did you first get introduced to the music from Japan, and what was it that that sort of grabbed your you know grabbed your attention? Yeah, yes. So um, back in um, the late nineties, I was working for um, uh, an airline company for Swiss Air, and I was basically making their onboard um, in flight entertainment. So the radio programs, I was producing them. Um, and I was presenting, that's the, probably the first time I actually presented radio was for um, Swiss Air, you know, for people to listen to. And as they Very flew. random enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And, um, and basically, this is like, you know, imagine the late 90s heading towards 2000. There's a bit of a, a general economic kind of boom kind of going on. And, you know, people were flying and there were a lot of um, sort of new, fl- you know, flight companies and airlines. And there's a lot of competition. So I said to Swiss Air, you know, I've got this idea to make a compilation of music from Japan, um, which was just an area that I was just fascinated by musically through artists that I was hearing at the time, people like Cornelius and Peter Cardo Five and that whole kind of mm. scene, you know, and, and some of the electronic stuff as well. And Swiss Air, to my amazement, sort of said, yeah, okay, listen, well, we'll fly to Japan and you can um, go there and uh, put together this compilation. We'll sell it on the, on the plane. It sounds like a really cool idea. Let's do it. And so... <laughs> I was amazed to receive this kind of letter from them. And so we, we kind of did it. I booked myself a flight and went to Japan for a couple of weeks. But before that, I was basically sending faxes because um, it was like the early days of email, I think, around then. And maybe there were some emails going back and forth, but many more faxes were going back and forth. <laughs> well, we know, you know that still happens in Japan sometimes. Still but, happens, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first kind of proper kind of, you know, exploration of, of Japan on the inside, you know, being here and, and kind of meeting record labels and artists. Um, yeah, and then that was my way in, you know, and then I just discovered all these people and then kept in touch and then was kind of fed kind of music and I had, you know, just a, just a bigger sense of what was going on then at that point. And so I, I'm assuming that when you, when you came over the first time, you would have done quite a lot of record shopping, um, discovering yeah. all the great record stores that there are in Japan, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember at the time, there didn't seem to be any weight limit on my bag. So I had two huge suitcases. Just And I, I must admit, I bought a load of CDs, probably more than vinyl at that time. Um, and I just remember packing the bags, just they were just stacked with CDs inside. You know, it was just nuts. And then any clothes I had, I kind of managed to stuff into my, um, <laughs> my, you know, my hand luggage. So, um, yeah, I just remember they must have been, they must have weighed like 40 kilograms or something. Well, lucky, lucky so. you had the Swiss air connection. I mean, but people, people yeah. still do that. You know, I mean, I'm sure that you, you have a lot of people, uh, friends, uh, people in your network who will still come over to Japan and, and just spend maybe, yeah. you know, more than half the time they're here just wandering around the record stores that, that don't really exist anymore in the UK or the US. Yeah. So many of them have closed or just moved to online sales, but the actual physical shops still exist here and not even just in Tokyo, all around the country, you know? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful. I was in Mitaka the other day and um, just stumbled upon this record shop down a kind of, it's probably well known in Mitaka, but I, I just didn't know about it. And there it was just, you know, and it's just, packed full of records you know the boxes are just you know you can hardly lift them out it's just so exciting when you see that much yeah it is it's it's amazing i mean i've I've got a couple friends here who've driven all around the country 
and and just you know found yeah. record stores in the middle of nowhere it's it's uh, people oh, yeah my. it's funny you know because i didn't know that before coming to japan like how much uh w- what a musical place that it was and how obsessive yeah. people get about collecting um okay yeah. let's get into another track then you've brought another another contemporary tune for us what's up next so um yeah i mean obviously i'm i, I love being in japan this is this is uh you know my favorite place i think you know london is is up there as well obviously but my third, if I had a kind of third home, I guess it would be Estonia, Tallinn, particularly in Estonia, which is a place I've been to many times. I love the place. The people are amazing. And the music from Estonia, just every time I go, just, um, you know, just excites me so much. It's just got a really unique sense, I think. Um, this track is by an artist that I really like called Argo Vals, who's, um, I don't know how to describe his work at all, but it, it's guitar you know he plays guitar and plays with kind of effects and production and this is a track that i commissioned from him uh, for a project that i've got called musicity where i basically commission musicians to create sonic responses to place um and we did this in uh, Tallinn in estonia a couple of years ago um and this is basically the track that um, argo came up with and i just think it's just yeah just incredible I've never been to Estonia, but it's always been a place uh, on on my menu in in Europe. If I if we ever get to travel again, so all right, let's check it out. This is Argo Vals from Tallinn.
ックの活動は2009年の BBC ラジオレイトジャンクションの司会やプロデュースで知られていますデトロイトテクノからアイスランドの自然の中で録音されたサウンドレコーディングまでどんな時代でもどんな場所でも探求的な音楽をというのがスローガンでミックはこの番組で日本の音楽をよく紹介していましたどうやって日本の音楽を知ったかというと1990年代後半にニックはスイス空港で機内のラジオ番組のプロデューサー兼司会をしていて日本の音楽を集めたコンピレーションを作りたいと考えていたみたいですニックは当時渋谷系のアーティスト例えばコーネリアスやピチカート5などをよく聞いていたんですねそのコンピレーションのために日本に飛んでいいよとスイス空港が言ってくれたのでその初めての日本の旅では日本のアーティストや日本のレコード会社さまざまな出会いがあって、えー、ここ日本の音楽シーンへの理解がすごく深まったということです当時荷物の重量制限がないのでたくさんの CD を持って帰ってきて40キロのバッグは CD で満タンだったんだそうです今でも音楽探検を日々していて先日も三鷹で散歩していたら知らないレコード屋さんを見つけたと盛り上がっていましたニックにはイギリス日本に続いて3番目に思い入れのある国があるんですがそれがエストニアです今かかっている曲はそのエストニアの、えー、都市タリンのアーティストアルゴバルスというミュージシャンの2020年のアルバムから「ザ・ノブレスナータワー」という曲ですこれはニックが2010年にスタートした、えー、ミュージックシティというプロジェクトで作られたナンバーですこのミュージックスティーは世界のアーティストにその国の都市の建物をイメージしたトラックを作ってもらいサウンドとアートの活動をその都市で行うという内容で今まで7都市で活動してきました世界の新しい音楽をサポートして促進しているニックの素晴らしい活動の一つです世界の中であまり知られていない国の音楽が体験できてとてもいい企画だと思います Nice. That's Argo Vals from Estonia. And、um, yeah, Nick, it's quite amazing. I mean, you know, in, in, the current, in the current situation, there's just so much access to new music. I mean, how do you, how do you find yourself, you know, able to keep up? 
Well, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly am still kind of discovering things from last year that um, just passed me by because, I, you know, you follow your own roots, don't you? Or, you know, I guess, and the thing is, if you ever spend any time on YouTube, say you just really want to just hear a piece of music just because you want to hear, you know, something that you can access quickly, you go on YouTube and before you know it, you've gone down this kind of, kind of wormhole of music that's kind of like that that the youtube mm. algorithm throws back at you mm. which takes away time to kind of then be digging through the new things you've been sent or the new things you bought so it's um yeah i i i do my best you know to listen to things that people send me but it's just it's out of hand i'm sure it's the same for you though right yeah yeah it is i mean i i find that for me i have to um be really systematic especially during this mm. pandemic when we're really at home because it, otherwise you you can really let it get out of hand. Um, I try to set aside about an hour a day where I'll do, while I'm doing a bit of a workout, uh, yeah. I'll say, yeah. okay, today I'm going to listen to a new album from this label or from this country or or maybe like one of the reissue series because otherwise if, if I don't do that, it just, yeah, it just piles up and you, yeah. you find <laughs> six months are going by. Um, well, so we talked a bit about your interest in Japan um, and, and some of the music here, but you've also, you know, put, put out a couple of compilations, including last year's Tokyo Dreaming set. How did that come about? Yeah, that was... Um... That was basically through getting to know the guys at Nippon Columbia in Tokyo and um, having some meetings with them um, a little while ago now, a few months, well, probably about 18 months ago, talking about their catalogue and just saying, you know, you know you've know, got so much stuff that people need to kind of hear outside of Japan and maybe people in Japan need to hear this music as well, you know, because a lot of it goes back to, well, a lot of good stuff goes back to the 70s and 80s. And so they kind of took me up in the offer and said, look, how about you come in and go through the archives and, and dig out some tracks that you find interesting and then let's let's put a compilation together and so i spent time in the kind of yeah just going through all these piles of cds and, and vinyl and just trying to find a really coherent um collection of music from this like late 70s and 80s um to try and sort of i guess capture a certain mood of tokyo in that time you know the sort of bubble era the sense of optimism and um the neon kind of images that kind of flash through your mind when you think about those times and so yeah just just worked on that as a kind of concept um and then put it out on nippon columbia on cd in japan and then this french label called we want sounds uh put it out on double vinyl in uh well outside of japan um well it's available worldwide i think now on Bandcamp. but um yeah so it's really nice and it's it's been picked up a lot of people have been playing it um, different radio stations. It's got loads of reviews. And I think it just goes to show, right, that music from this country is, you know, people are so hungry, as you said, you know, for music from Japan. Yeah, yeah, cool. it's, it is interesting. I remember when you sent me the copy because um, it was uh, mostly tunes that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge mm. collector of, of, of that period, what we call like Showa in Japan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are a couple of artists that I knew on it, but it, it certainly struck me. And, man, I, I got to hang out with you more, Nick. If you're getting to get to the archives <laughs> of Nippo uh, <laughs> Columbia, I mean, yeah, wow. <laughs> Just just bring enough water and snacks for a week and just like live in there. Um, wow, yeah, just, right. Uh, 
it's a lot it's of stuff. Just, it's such an old. It's like over a hundred years old. That uh, isn't it's, it? it's madness, and you know, it's good to see though <laughs> that they that they have been able to keep it in in good condition. I I remember going into Nippon FM's uh, archives once and was impressed mm-hmm. that they had you know it was a temper con- controlled room. Um, they had a lot oh, of space. Yeah. The stuff wasn't too dusty, and yet nobody was really doing anything with the records. They were just there. Ah. <laughs> and, you know, they were like, well, you could apply to come again. And, you know, it was that kind of bureaucratic thing. But um, uh, yeah, sure. there is so much in, in, in the archives there. So, yeah, so you know, incredible. now you're, you're based here in Japan. You moved here and you're doing a couple different projects. You mentioned the Music City project. You're doing the compilations. Um, but you're also, I, I guess, how would I say, the representative of the Gearbox Records label from London? Yeah, um, yeah, I was, and they basically just recently set up um, like a, an official Tokyo office mm. um, with a woman called Romi, who um, is now running. She's now head of Japan, and I'm sort of acting as a sort of consultant and kind of, you know, just bringing different artists in. So, um, kind of doing a bit of A and Ring to try and find some Japanese artists. Oh, so you're going to look because the Gearbox label is very interesting. Mm. They, they've been around for I guess about ten or eleven years, and. Yeah, and I think what what really struck me um, about them wasn't just the fact that they have their own like pressing studio, which is unusual for a label, um, but they sort of do a mix of they'll they'll they've got on their roster some real veteran jazz legends, um, you know Charles Tolliver, yeah. Abdullah Ibrahim, but they're also releasing a lot of like younger, like more contemporary type bands, and so I couldn't quite get a feel for what their strategy was as a label, and and now coming to Japan. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, you're looking for some, you know, some new Japanese artists. So, so how, how, how does the label sort of see itself when they're going to release like a Don Cherry reissue, but then also some contemporary music from Japan? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they, they basically started off, um, Daryl Scheinman is the, is the man behind the label and he started off, um, as a kind of, a kind of, I'm trying to think how to describe it, but he got access to a lot of original Blue Note recordings, um, that were never released on vinyl. And so he, um, he managed to put those out as a starting point, a big jazz fan. But then I think as the label developed, you know, people were kind of coming to Daryl and saying, how about this artist? And, you know, gradually the kind of label has kind of grown up to take in all kinds of different sorts of music. So there's like Americana to ambient, you know, to kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Tiago's kind of Brazilian indie kind of mm. thing. And I think, Daryl sums it up as basically anything that Daryl likes, you know, he would, that it feels like releasing, he will release on the label. So it's very much a kind of, um, yeah, it's one of those kind of, I don't know, describe it like personality led labels of which, you know, there's been a, a lot of those in history that have been really good as well for that rather than sticking to one kind of fine type of music, you know, just, just the kind of the label boss kind of, says yep this is good i want this i want to release this mm-hmm. you know i kind of like that mm. and in japan yeah. i mean are you are you trying to tap into the sort of um consumer market here of people who are you know mad collectors slash audiophiles because one of gearbox's mm. main points is is how um it, it is how good the sound is they take a lot of care with reissuing and even yeah. the new albums so i i, I kind of see like in japan that that's a real big selling point yeah, for sure. I mean, they've just started now um, putting out the albums that were released, like, for example, the Binker and Moses album, which is which is a big, big deal in the UK. A great, you know, great jazz record. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're, they're being issued as Japanese issues with Obi strips and everything. So they're all. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan is, is for people who really like the sound that people who really care mm-hmm. um, about it. Yeah. Gearbox would be a kind of label for them. 
Uh, and I guess, you know, it's that thing of just knowing that the quality is going to be good every time you buy it mm-hmm. is, is another incentive to kind of join the club, isn't it, if you like? Well, let's, uh, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit. You've got, um, Nick, you do so many different things. <laughs> you also have a very, very interesting project um, that I believe started in October of 2020 uh, here in, in Tokyo, in the Toronomon area. Can you describe a little bit about what that is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, there is this uh, new kind of startup hub called CIC, which uh, stands for Cambridge Innovation Center, which originated in uh, Massachusetts. Um, So it's an American organization. Um, And they've opened their first one in uh, Japan, right in, as you said, in Taranamon. And it's in the Mori building. So it's the the Mori business tower. And the whole area, or the the 15th and 16th floors uh, of CIC Tokyo are going to be home to startup companies you know new sort of new fledgling companies kind of you know dealing in art technology all kinds of areas and very smartly they decided to set up a radio station um within this uh, kind of startup community and i helped them to just to kind of set it up really to kind of give them ideas about content and uh, some of the technical stuff that they would need um and then as a result of that, I've been doing two shows a week for them, uh, for, for CIC Live, as it's now called. Um, but it's a really, you know, good good start. I mean, it's early days. It's only been going for six, well, actually five months, you know, not very long. But it's, um, yeah, it's doing well. And, yeah, it's great to be doing live radio from Tokyo, that's that's for sure. Um, you'll have to come in at some point as well, because I'd love to just do an interview with you about, um, you know, some of the subjects we cover be really Really oh cool sure, for sure. Anytime, I mean, that'd be great. Um, you know, on on the day uh, on the day we're recording this, we've we've just sort of recently heard we've got another month of uh, of semi lockdown <laughs> yeah, here in in Tokyo. But um, yeah, I mean, there's I, I I can you can sort of feel the energy that uh, if and when it's safe for people to get back to to whatever sort of semi normal yeah. lifestyle we have, there's going to be an explosion of projects and and gigs yeah, and festivals and uh, you know hopefully in time for the summer because I think we all we all really need it. Yeah, Nick, it was really great to catch up with you as always. Um, you're doing so many interesting things. Um, we will uh, certainly link up everything that we've talked about, uh, Gearbox, the CIC project, uh, your compilations, um, and also your, your really amazing online series that you did uh, just uh, several months back. We've got to get into that where you went all around Japan. Um, and that's, I believe, is that still up on the BBC website, right? No, it's not. They only keep things up for 30 days, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of sneakily downloading it to Mixcloud and seeing if anyone notices. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 maybe we won't spread that around too far, but uh, yeah, that's oh, that's a shame because that was a fantastic series, but uh, at least you can read a little uh, yeah. bit about it and maybe we'll see what we can do with that. Um, sure. But anyway, thanks for dropping by. It was, it was really good to have a chat. And uh, you've got one more track to, to share with us, a real special one. Uh, yeah, who's sure. Who is, yeah. who is Farhat? So Farhat is, um, he was born in Afghanistan and um, moved to Germany and basically makes music inspired by all kinds of Afghan folk music, uh, TV documentaries. Um, so it's a kind of very brilliant mix of kind of quite cinematic samples, hip hop. There's a lot of rap on the album as well. And um, yeah, I've just been listening to this over and over again. It's funny because the new Madlib album has just come out as well and it's a bit like the two things are merging in my mind quite a lot (laughs) so um so this has been my soundtrack really for the past week or so here in tokyo um as i've walked limited 
<laughs> limited amount of outdoor activities. But um, but yeah, Far Heart, this is um, just my favorite record right now, basically. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to introduce this guy on my podcast as well. So let's go out with this tune called, I believe, Ahange Kadimi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Far Heart. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nick, and let's talk again soon. Thank you. It's been great. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Yep, ahangi bisyar qadimas. Khuda babakhshat, khuda babakhshat. ニックの活動についてお話ししています。ニックは去年コロンビアから東京ドリーミングという名前のコンピレーションをリリースしました。この作品は日本のバブル時代の楽曲を集めた内容で曲を選ぶためにニックを何時間も何時間も山積みのレ
この CIC は虎ノ門の森ビルにできたアジア初の拠点でアートやテクノロジーなど今後の未来を担うスタートアップ企業が集まったスペースで世界のトレンドを発信したりコミュニケーションができるスペースとして注目されています最後に紹介してくれた曲はアフガニスタン生まれドイツ育ちのアーティストファーホットのハンゲカミリですアフガニスタン音楽とヒップホップや映画音楽などをサンプリングさせたトラックを作っていて今年1月にリリースした「カブルファイヤー Vol.2」というアルバムの中からの1曲ですニックの今のお気に入りのレコードを紹介してくれました Well, that was a great chat. Many thanks again to Nick for stopping by to talk with us here at KOL. And here at KOL, I'm really excited because going forward in 2021, we've got some big plans, and、uh, <clears throat> we've got some big plans, including talking to a lot more interesting people, not just here in Japan, but around the world DJs, label owners, music producers, and of course, some musicians as well. You can find us on all the usual social media sites Twitter and Instagram at MarkKOLRadio1. There's a Facebook page as well. And very soon there's going to be a brand new homepage. So stay tuned for that. Hiroko, great to talk with you as always.、Uh, be safe up there in Chiba Prefecture. And、uh, we'll be back soon with some more great music. Mina sama o kiki itadaite. ありがとうございます。お相手はジェームスキャッチポーでした。大塚ひろこでした。<音楽>